Well, good morning, everyone. And uh, it's great to be with you again. And thanks to Andy for wearing that great jumper. So we're going to come around the word now. And we are continuing on with our series called Attitudes of the Heart. And we're going to be focusing on that all through May. And as we do that, we're going to be looking at what did Jesus say in the Gospels? And what was his attitude like? How did that affect the attitude of the people around him? And then how does that affect us with our attitudes today? So let's pray and then we'll launch into the word this morning. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we can come together uh, and just spend time around your word this morning. Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would open up our hearts, that you would speak to us today. And it may be different what you speak to each and every one of us. But Lord, I pray that we would hear from you. We would be challenged. We would grow. We would go deeper as we come around your word this morning. So make it come alive in our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you want to turn with me to Luke chapter 17, and we're going to read from verse 1 to 4. Jesus had just been talking about having the little ones come unto him. And then he launches into this in verse 1 of chapter 17. He said, Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. But woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. If your brother or your sister sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back to saying, I repent, you must forgive them. I want to talk to you a little bit about sin, and it sort of reminded me of a story when I was young. So when I was growing up in Melbourne, I had a a brother and a sister. And I remember mum would say to us, don't play cricket inside. Because Steve and I, my brother, we would always be playing cricket uh, outside. But I don't know, it must have been wet one day and we were inside. And so we're playing cricket inside. And uh, it wasn't a cricket ball, just a tennis ball. Might have had duct tape on it or something like that. Anyway, I forget who was batting. I think it was Steve. But anyway, I bowled to him and he sort of stepped outside the off stump to have a swing at this ball and he's clipped mum's piano stool and taken a chunk out of it. And I thought, oh, no, we both looked at each other and we thought, when dad comes home, we are going to cop it. So what did we do? we decided to put some padding on. So I think we went, we both went and put about three or four pairs of jocks on and then tracksuit pants and jeans. And anyway, so we're all padded up (laughs) waiting for Dad to come home because we knew what was going to happen. So we were sweating bullets, literally. The funny thing was, when Dad came home, we sort of told him what happened, we're trembling, and he didn't belt us. So we, we sort of thought, beauty, we, we got off lightly on that one. But when I think about that story, I think about there was three things that often come into sin. And 
They are disobedience, disregard, and desire. So mum had said to us, don't play cricket inside. So what did we do? We disobeyed her. The reason that she said that was because she knew something like this could happen. We would break something, we would damage something. So what we did is, is we disregarded what she said and ended up making a mess of things. And then the third one was desire. And ultimately it came down to we were disobedient and we disregarded what she said because we had a desire to do what we wanted to do. And when Jesus is talking about sin, he's talking about these things because often we disobey what God's word says. Now, the Bible is not a, a, a big rule book of do's and don'ts that is designed to make your life uncomfortable. The Bible is there as a manual of how to live your life. And if we would just get a hold of that, that it's there to protect us, to help us. The problem is when people desire to want to do what they want to do and disregard God's plan and his protection and his ways for us, then that's when we get ourselves into trouble. And sin is often like that, is, is, is we disobey what is good for us we disregard what the possible consequences can be because we have a desire to do what we want to do. Jesus talked about uh, not causing little ones to stumble, not causing others to stumble. And in the King James, instead of the word stumble, it uses the word offence. And offence in the Greek is scandalon, and it means this. It means a scandal, a snare, figuratively cause of displeasure or sin, an occasion to fall of stumbling, offence, things that offend, a stumbling block. So it's one thing to, to have a sin or to do the wrong thing in our own lives, but when that just affects us, then that's one thing. But now he's, he's taking this to a, to a whole nother level. He's talking about things that we may do, sins that we may commit that cause an offence or a stumbling block to other people. So how does our sin affect others? I'll give you another story, another example of this one. When I was in Tasmania as a, as a plumber, we had to go to a training course. And there was a guy who, who was running the course there, and he was saying some really good things. And I was sitting there listening to him, and I was almost thinking, you know, it was as if this guy is a Christian because he's working all these things into this secular course. But then I thought to myself, it's a real pity he can't be a Christian because of the language he was using. And he was using some really strong, offensive language. And after the course, I was talking to some of the plumbers and some of the guys that were there with me. And 
And these guys that weren't Christians, they even said that, you know, his language was really strong and really offensive. A few months later, I, I went to my brother-in-law's church. He was a pastoring. And this same guy was sitting there in church that day that ran that training course. And I recognized him and said hello. And so I talked to my, to my brother-in-law and about this, this guy. And it turns out that, um, yeah, he was part of that church. So my brother-in-law went and had a conversation with him. And it turns out that he was using that sort of language because he felt that that was necessary to relate to the people. And often that's what can happen. We, we do things, we sin because we think we're going to relate to people or, or so on. But often people... If they look at us and think we're a Christian and then they see our faults or our failures or the things that we do that can make us look like hypocrites, often that can really affect people. That can cause um, particularly young Christians or people that are watching us to be confused about our faith. They, they say one thing but then they live another way. So it's, it's really important that we don't do things that are going to cause people to be confused, that are going to cause people to stumble, that maybe are going to cause people to fall into sin. I think in this area, it's really important. The Bible talks about being above reproach. And I remember when I was working for my dad, um, when we were plumbing together, and it was back in the, the 80s when, you know, you had all those big Christian stickers that you'd put on the back of your car. And I said to Dad one day, I said, Dad, how about putting, you know, this Christian sticker on the back of your car? And he said, well, actually, no, I won't. Because if I have to do a plumbing job at a pub and my car is parked outside the pub and it's got a Christian sticker on the back, then people might think that I'm in there drinking. And he said, I don't want to give that appearance. And that was something that really stayed with me. It's about, in a sense, he didn't want to be a stumbling block to other people. And often we can be a stumbling block in maybe in, in the, the, the language and what we speak, maybe in the things that we watch or the things that we engage in or the things that we think are funny. And what that can do is, is that can maybe give some people an opportunity to say, well, if it's all right for him, then maybe it's all right for me. And sometimes people get themselves into situations where they can't handle things and it's actually become a stumbling block to them. So I really want to encourage you that when it comes to, to sin or issues that you may be struggling in your own personal life, that, that's one level that we need the grace of God to come and help us and to work through those situations. But also to think about going beyond that to the next step is that we don't want to ever do something that is a stumbling block to others that may cause others to sin. And Jesus used some very um, strong language around that. He said, if you cause these little ones to stumble, it's better that you had a millstone tied around your your neck like a concrete millstone that the donkeys used to to, to pull around to to um, churn up the, the chaff and the wheat. So he used some strong figurative language there 
Um, he wanted to get people's attention and says, you can't afford to do this. Now, we know that the Bible talks about blaspheming the Holy Spirit is, is an unforgivable sin, and, and that's a whole other sermon. So there is opportunity for us to repent of sin and to get our lives right. But the, the statement that he's making here is, is the, the consequences that this will have on other people. So it's important that we understand about being an example, about not being a stumbling block to others and not causing consequences to flow out into other people's lives because of things that we have done. Then he goes on to talk about forgiveness. And he actually talks about a few things that happen in that process. He talks about if, if your brother comes to you and you have a conversation and, and you talk about it and you want to bring correction into his life and you've got to do that in, in a right way and a right attitude. And if he takes that and repents, then forgive him. And all that should be done um, with an attitude of love because we all know what it means to have a, a plank in our own, our own eye and point out a speck in somebody else's eye. So he talks about there's a right process to go through. And then if your brother comes back to you and, you know, all day long and is asking for, you know, for you to forgive him and repent, and Jesus says to do that. So it's really important that we understand the importance of working through maybe things that we're struggling in our own lives, but then the consequences of the next step of being a stumbling block to others. But in all of that, for forgiveness to flow from God to us, for us forgiving ourselves, and then when we're with other people, that forgiveness flows in that as well. So I want to leave you with a couple of thoughts, because often we can look at some scriptures on forgiveness and think, for forgiveness to flow, it's got to be like this, this, and this, and work in this formula. But there's a couple of scriptures that, in a sense, Jesus took forgiveness to a whole nother level. The first one is in Luke 23, 32 to 34, when Jesus was being crucified. And it says that there were also two other criminals led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to that place called Calvary, there they, were cruci they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right hand and the other on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Wow. You think about that. Jesus was innocent. He'd gone through so much. He's hanging on the cross as an innocent man. And yet his heart was, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They didn't come to him and repent and say sorry, yet he still forgave them. Wow. So that's like taking those other scriptures and then taking it to a whole nother level of how much we should forgive. And then the last scripture in Matthew 6, 14 to 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you.
But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. So when I think about that, I think that the measure that I use to forgive other people is the same measure that my Heavenly Father will use to forgive me. Wow. That's a pretty strong statement. That's a pretty strong thought. Because in reality, if I hold on to offence and bitterness and unforgiveness, it's like I'm, I'm locking Jesus' hands, locking my Father's hands, that he's unable to forgive me because of what I'm holding on to. So if, if we could take anything away from these scriptures, I think forgiveness is at the heart of everything. It's that God loves us so much that he actually sent his son Jesus to die on a cross and to make a way for us. That his love and forgiveness flow to us so that when we come into situations in our life where, where we're wronged, and maybe you've done nothing wrong yourself, and yet you find that you have this attitude because of what someone else has done to you, then we need to take Jesus' example and learn to be loving and forgiving and gracious no matter what has happened. So I want to encourage you today to really think and ponder on, on, on these words. That at the heart of Jesus' message is that he loves people and he wants them to move past their sin and to walk in freedom. And often forgiveness is at the very core of that. Can I pray for you this morning? Father God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that as, as we work through the Gospels, we look at stories like this. We don't just pick out the stories that are, that are good and make us feel warm and fuzzy, but we, we also look at the times where Jesus spoke hard and into situations that needed to be addressed, that he challenged people. And Lord, I just wonder how the people of that day, the disciples, and how they felt and what their attitude was to that. But I also think about us here and now. Lord, what is our attitude when it comes to allowing you into our lives to deal with the things that maybe we're struggling through? But also, I pray that we would grasp and get a hold of what it means to be an example, what it means to, to not causing others to stumble and, and all the consequences that go along with that. So, Father, I just pray today for those of us that know you, Lord, I pray that we would be growing and going deeper and, Lord, that you would forgive us and help us along this journey of faith, of becoming more Christ-like, of growing in our love and being a disciple and a follower of you. Lord, but for those that may be watching today and maybe they're not at that point, maybe they're, they're struggling and they don't know much about you, I just pray by your spirit that you would speak into their lives today and touch them right where they are. May they have an encounter with you that changes their life forever. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you.
we're just going to close with a, with a song. And I just pray that you take that opportunity to just really reach out. And if you need healing, if you, if you need to just talk to the Lord about something, just reach out during this song. And then at the end of the service, uh, if you want to know more about what it means to be a Christian, if you want to know more about going deeper in a relationship with Jesus, you can contact us um, through our website. We'd love to hear from you. So God bless you.